Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, sisters of Christ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today we are going over Proverbs chapter 7. Let me go ahead and pin that comment because I totally forgot to do it yesterday. <laughs> so we are doing Proverbs. Hey, I am Bella. Proverbs 7. Hey, Julie. Hey, uh, Tina and two others. Hey, Marlia. Good to see you. Good morning, sis. Uh, so we're reading Proverbs 7, the message version. And for my girls who are political like I am, I know the impeachment hearings have started. I'm not going to lie to you. I debated. <laughs> I debated holding off on today's podcast um, recording because I really want to watch them. But I was like, Stephanie, there's going to be a replay. Chill, you know, do what God is asking to do. Hey, I am Bella. So today we're diving into Proverbs chapter 7. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord Jesus, to be able to read your word. Father God, you are so good. Your mercy endureth forever. Thank you for another morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you for another live stream, Lord. You've made social media available so we can literally get on the morning together and read your word for free, Father God. You are so awesome, and I'm so grateful, Lord. I pray your blessing over this word. Please, Father God, help us be able to see what you want us to see and hear what you want us to hear. Let your Holy Spirit dwell here among us, Lord Jesus. We welcome you in with all of our hearts. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning, girls. Good morning. Hey, Beauty Mark. Hello, hello, hello. So let's dive into Proverbs chapter 7, the message translation. And it says, Dear friend, do what I tell you. Treasure my careful instructions. Do what I say and you'll live well. My teaching is as precious as your eyesight. Guard it. Write it out the back of your hands. Etch it on the chambers of your heart. Talk to wisdom as to a sister. Treat insight as your companion. They'll be with you to fend off the temptress, that smooth-talking, honey-tongued seductress. As I stood at the window of my house, looking out through the shutters, watching the mindless crowd stroll by, I spotted a young man without any sense, arriving at the corner of the street where she lived, then turning up the path to our house. It was dusk, the evening coming on, the darkness thickening into night. Just then, a woman met him. She'd been lying in wait for him, dressed to seduce him, brazen and brash she was, restless and roaming, never at home, walking the streets, loitering in the mall, hanging out at every corner in town. Verse 13, she threw her arms around him and kissed him, boldly took his arm and said, I've got all the makings for a feast. Today, I made my offerings. My vows are all paid. So now, I've come to find you, hoping to catch sight of your face. And here you are. I've spread fresh, clean sheets on my bed, colorful, important li imported linens. My bed is aromatic with spices and exotic fragrances. Come, let's make love all night. Spend the night in ecstatic lovemaking. My husband's not home. He's away on business, and he won't be back for a month. Verse 21. Soon she was... Soon she has him eating out of her hand, bewitched by her honeyed speech. Before you know it, he's trotting behind her, like a calf led to the butcher shop, like a stag lured into ambush and then shot with an arrow, like a bird flying into a net, not knowing that its flying life is over. Verse 24. So friends, listen to me. Take these words of mine most seriously. Don't, <clears throat> excuse me. Don't fool around with a woman like that. Don't even stroll through her neighborhood. Countless victims come under her spell. She's the death of many a poor man. She runs a halfway house to hell, fits you out with a shroud and a coffin. So good morning, Beauty Mark by Val. Good morning, 4K Music. Good morning. So 
this Proverbs talks a lot about a seductress, which obviously is relating to adultery. And if you know the story of Solomon, his mother and his father, his mother was Bathsheba, the, um, the wife of Uri the Hittite, and his father is King David, the best king that has ever existed, you know, after Jesus, of course. And David saw Bathsheba bathing on a roof one day <laughs> and um, she was still married at the time. He saw her bathing on that roof and he's like, yo, get that girl. And he knew she was married and she came over and they, you know, did the deed a few different times. She ended up getting pregnant. And when she got pregnant, David was like, oh shoot, I just got another man's wife pregnant. And so he sent for Yuri the Hittite to, be, to come home from war because Yuri the Hittite was fighting a war for King David. <laughs> and uh, so they sent Yuri the Hittite home and David was hoping that Yuri would go to his wife Bathsheba and have sex with her so that he could cover it up as if Bathsheba was pregnant with Yuri the Hittite's son. Yuri the Hittite though was very loyal and he said, I'm not gonna go lay down with my wife when all my comrades are fighting in the field. So he laid down and went to sleep on the palace steps. Got drunk, laid down, went to sleep on the palace steps ended up going back over to war. So David's like, oh man, so there's no way I can cover this up. So he actually had Yuri the Hittite set up to be killed. Yuri the Hittite is killed. And David takes Bathsheba, who's now a widow, and moves her into the palace with him. Her son, when she gives birth, um, gets very sick. And a prophet comes over, I think it was a prophet, Nathan, comes over and he tells David, look, your son's going to die. <laughs> this is the sin that you have done. This is the consequence. And David tried and fasted and fasted and fasted, praying for God to change his mind. But God didn't change his mind. David's son with Bathsheba passed away. If you know the story, you know, they mourned and all this stuff. David washed his face. He got back to serving the Lord. He knew it was his fault. They repented. They ended up having another child named Solomon who ends up being the wisest king ever, again, after Jesus. So I understand why Solomon takes so much time to explain the, um, the traps and dangers of adultery. Uh, yesterday we were reading Proverbs chapter 6, and at the end of Proverbs chapter 6, Solomon talks a lot about staying away from adultery, don't even get involved in it, it's not necessary. And then the entire chapter of Proverbs chapter 7 talking about adultery. So I cannot give firsthand advice about dealing with these things. Praise God, um, all I can give are tips on how I've been able to avoid putting myself in situations where adultery could take place. So some of the rules that my husband and I impose on ourselves, it's not even like we require it of each other, we require this of ourselves. One of the thing is, I am not best friends with males. I'm just not. I used to have many best friends who were men before I was married, and as soon as I got married, that stopped. Because I didn't want to develop an intimate attachment with any other male, because that opens the door to potential adultery, especially um, a, an emotional affair. So sometimes we don't have physical affairs, we have emotional affairs, where we're like thinking about other men and dreaming about other men. So I do not allow myself to have best friend relationships with men. Uh, one of my best friends is my friend from college, and she and I went to college together for three years. Um, my other best friend is my husband. <laughs> I talk to him about everything and anything, 
And there are men who will try. There are men who will slide into those DMs and say, can we just be friends? There are men who are saying, who slide into those DMs, can we collaborate? And I just, my marriage is so important to me that it's just a hard no. You may be a very nice person, you may have the nicest intentions, but if you are a male, you and I will never be close, intimate friends because my husband is going to be that person for me, my go-to guy. And I never wanna open up the door for a situation where I develop an emotional attachment to somebody else. The second thing um, that my husband and I both do is we don't have working, one-on-one working relationships with people of the opposite sex. So for me, um, when if I'm going into a deal or a partnership or something, I am not going to go into a one-on-one deal with a man. If, I'm, if I wanna do a deal, it has to be at least another woman in the picture and it has to be the three of us, but it's not just gonna be me and some dude meeting up every single day. <laughs> and same thing with my husband. If he's gonna do a partnership, he's not gonna do it with a woman. He'll do it with a woman and another man, but never just him and a woman. And that's just the business aspect because again, we're just protecting from the potential for adultery. And the third thing that has really, really helped, because if you think about a lot of um, people who you know who are dealing with adultery, whether they committed it themselves or it was committed to them, a lot of times alcohol is involved. A lot of times it wasn't an intentional um, affair. It really wasn't. It was just they got drunk, the other person was drunk, and they ended up flirting, 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 went down the rabbit hole. All of their, um, all of their, their brain waves were completely gone <laughs> and they ended up having this affair. So sometimes it literally is just the circumstance. And had they not been in that circumstance, it wouldn't have happened. So my husband and I are very, very cautious of that. So we don't put ourselves into circumstances where that could potentially happen. My husband and I, if we are going out to a party, we go out together. If we are going out and we're having drinks, only one of us will drink at a time. We never have a situation where both of us are having drinks. It's either he's gonna have a drink and I'm not, or I'm gonna have a drink and he's not. And that way we're using the buddy system to keep each other accountable. If we're going to parties, we make sure that we stay together at the party. So some I've noticed some couples when they go to a party, like the woman will separate one way, the man will separate another way. No, stay together. That way you are protecting yourselves against a lot of potential risky um, situations that could come up that you end up saying, oh my gosh, how did I end up doing that? Because you, you didn't mean to. It was literally just the alcohol in the situation that opened that door. So there are things that you can do to protect yourself from the potentials of adultery. And it's just being very, very aware of who you are and why you got married in the first place. If you are with a partner that you don't want to stay committed to, sis, why did you get with that partner? So much of a healthy marriage starts before you even walk down the aisle. My husband and I were going to church together, reading the Bible together, praying together. We stayed abstinent. My husband and I both got married as virgins before we walked down that aisle. So we set up the foundation for having a healthy marriage before we even walk down the aisle. The time to try to have a healthy marriage is not during the marriage. <laughs> the time When you're married, you want to improve the marriage. And that's why counseling and therapy is so healthy and so good, going to conferences, going to events. But the time to set up the foundation for a healthy marriage is before you get married. So if you are with somebody, you haven't walked down the aisle yet, 
seek out pre-engagement counseling um, where you sit down with the pastor and you guys go through scripture and you talk to each other about both of your expectations of what you want in the marriage and you have a healthy foundation set before you even walk down the aisle. If you're already married, and you're like, man, we didn't do that, it's okay, it's not too late. You still can go and get that counseling done, just now it's post-marriage counseling, but you can still talk about those foundation steps and work to get on the same page. Um, all in all to say, adultery can be preventable if you protect yourselves from being in situations where those doors can open. Hey, T2K, Beauty, Beauty Mark said, that's wonderful. Praise Jesus. Elevate me. Hello. Marlia said, that's so wise. Hey, Precious Moments. Hey, Elevate Me. October October Girl. Hey, sis. Chris, Chris Ania, Tanya, uh, Dan Day Mom. Thank you guys so much for jumping on. Arnell, thanks so much for jumping on. Marlia said, me too. He's my closest male friend. Yeah. Marlia, it's really important. I don't understand. I mean, I try not to ever judge somebody else's marriage because if it works for you, it works for you. But for me, I never understand why a, um, a woman would want to have a man as her best friend and why a man would want to have a woman as his best friend if y'all are married. Because you're going to develop an emotional attachment to the person who you're closest to. That's just natural. Even if you're not physically attracted to them at first, spend three years straight having somebody be that comfort for you, be there for you, supporting you, praying for you, guiding you. You're going to develop feelings at some point. <laughs> so I, I never understand when I see that happen. But for our marriage, we made the decision before we even walked down the aisle I was not going to have male best friends. He was not going to have female best friends. And I had a lot of male best friends before I got married. A lot. I actually preferred having male best friends over female best friends because my male friends were always super, super, I mean, they just never got competitive, praise Jesus. <laughs> so I actually preferred having male best friends. And then when I got married, I was like, I can't be going out to the movies and going out to dinner with other dudes. Like, it's just not going to work out. So it's definitely an intentional decision. Marlia said, yes, my children and I read a Proverb a day. So much wisdom. Yes, Marlia, me and my sisters read a Proverb a day. Um, I send it to them via DM. It's, I love it. Good morning, Beauty Mark. 4K music. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you guys so much for jumping on. Hey, Steph. Marlia said, yes. Hey, October girls. So good to see you. Hey, Private35. Private35, thank you so much for all your comments on the Instagram devotionals. I was going through the comments today and I noticed you comment a few times. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. Truly, truly, truly. So sisters of Christ, if you don't yet know your God-given purpose, make sure you grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit that'll help you discover God's purpose for your life step-by-step by going to PurposeGift.com. And if there are you girls who are interested in hearing more about like Christian dating and, and godly Christian marriage advice, um, my husband... My brother-in-law and his wife, we're going to be launching a Godly Christian Dating YouTube channel in January. So be on the lookout for that. I'll definitely post an announcement here on God the Girl. I'm really excited about that one. And if you have specific questions and topics you want us to go over, we're going to start filming that content next month. So please DM me, let me know, um, and we will definitely make those into videos. Marlia said, your toolkit is the best. Thank you so much, Marlia. You're such, such a blessing. This morning, actually, I'm working on the new Christian business toolkit. I'm so excited. I finished the last video for it yesterday. So today I'm working on building out the sales funnel so I can start giving that to you girls. It's going to be the free Gather the Girl Christian Business Toolkit to help you start a Christian business online in your purpose journey. So excited about it. And for my girls who are on here who hear me talking about Christ, hear me talking about having, having a godly relationship and things like that, but you're not quite sure what it means to actually be a Christian, 
being a Christian is what it says in John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And what that means is that being a Christian is believing in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you want to make that decision, it's really simple. All you got to do is pray this simple prayer and you say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you were born again, that you were raised again. Today, I believe in you and my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Sisters of Christ, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a Bible-based church in your community and get started reading the word of God. I love to recommend starting with the book of John because it's literally like the Lord's love letter to you. Sisters of Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. Hey, Lisa Gunsoli, Makeup Illusion. Hey, Makeup Illusion, how are you? Makeup Illusion was in the first t-shirt business accelerator that I taught in September, and we're now doing the second one, praise Jesus. Marlia said, I was going to suggest that you start something for marriage and singles, LOL. Thank you so much, Marlia. Yeah, we wanted to start, well, it was actually more me pushing it because I get a lot of questions here um, at God the Wood Girl about men. <laughs> a lot of questions. Um, girls who DM me, you know, about they have these partners that don't support their purpose. They have these partners that cheat. They have these partners that don't know the Lord and don't want to go to church with them. Um, and so for the, over the past couple of years, I've done my best to kind of like share what I can. And so I was talking to Josh. Josh is my brother-in-law, my husband's brother. And I was like, bro, like there's people out here who are giving advice to Christian women about how to date and they're not married, and they're not Christians. So our girls are getting advice outside of the Word of God. And the way that Danny and I did it was based off the Word of God. And the way that Josh and his wife, who have been married now for 10 and a half years, did it was based off the Word of God. Danny and I have been married now for eight and a half years. And it's so important to the foundation of the marriage. So we were, t we were talking about how we want to start something that allows women of Christ, and even men of Christ too, to figure out how to apply the Bible to their dating life so that they can be the kind of person that attracts the kind of wife or husband that they want. Because the kind of person that I was before Danny and I got together, it was the kind of wife Danny was looking for. If I had been the kind of girl who was running around and doing this and doing that, he wouldn't have been attracted to me in the first place. So you have to kind of act like the kind of wife you want your dream husband to have. You got to do it before you even meet him. Because if your dream husband is a man who's in the church, who loves the Lord, who's anointed by the Lord, who's activating his God-given purpose, who's going after his God-given purpose every single day, and you're not that kind of girl, he's not going to be attracted to you. It's just not going to happen. For me, the kind, of the kind of man that I wanted was a man who fit those standards, who loved the Lord, who was never going to pressure me to have sex before marriage because that was really important to me, who wasn't going to cheat on me, run around on me. That was very important to me, who was in the word of God, could teach me the word of God because in the Bible, the Lord designed the family unit for the man to be the head of the household. So the, it's really the father who should be teaching the children how to read the Bible, how to pray. But if you look at most modern day families, it's the mom who takes the kids to church. Even in my family, it was my mama who took me to church, not my dad. So I knew I wanted to have a husband who was the head of the household, who was going to be teaching me the word of God, who's going to be teaching my children the word of God. So that's what I looked for before I even knew Danny was my husband. 
So when I saw him and got to know him as an adult, because my husband and I have known each other since we were kids, but we got to know each other again as adults after we accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, I realized he was exactly the kind of man I had dreamed about being the father of my children. To a T, he was exactly that kind of man. And that's what attracted me to him. That was what attracted me to him because he already was the kind of man I wanted to marry. And same for him to me. So for me, I had never dated a man before I was with Danny. Danny was my first boyfriend and I ended up marrying him. <laughs> I'd never had sex with anybody else. I'd never even kissed a guy. And Danny was so attracted to that purity. He would not have been attracted to me had I not had those. And, that, and that's not to say if you have had sex already before you got married, that's not to say that you're not going to find an amazing Christian husband because you can be born again virgin. You can say, from now on, I'm going to be abstinent. Yes, I messed up in the past. That's fine. I forgive myself. I know the Lord forgives me. And if you are currently abstinent, that kind of man will be attracted to you. Look at Megan Good. Look at Megan Good. She's a great example of that. She decided before she even got with her husband, Devon Franklin, Pastor Devon Franklin, she had decided I am no longer going to have premarital sex. And she was abstinent for a year before she even met Devon Franklin. And when she met him, he was, I, I believe he was being, he was abstinent as well. They both got together having not had any relations for a year. <laughs> And they stayed not having relations with each other until they got married. So you still can find an amazing, wonderful man. You just have to be the kind of wife he wants you to be before you even start dating him. That's a huge, huge part. Um, Marlia said, that is such a beautiful story. Thank you so much, sis. Hey, Sheila. Hey, Jamare. Hey, Aaliyah. Hey, Yolanda. Mar Marlia said, come on now. The man is the lead. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I'll say that to my husband a lot sometimes because I have a pretty strong personality. But <laughs> I'll say that to my husband sometimes. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to let you lead and I trust you because you, he literally, my husband will go to the Lord first before he makes a decision for us. And that's why I'm okay with putting aside like me wanting to take charge and do things and letting him make the decision for us because I know he's putting the Lord first, but he's always been putting the Lord first. Before we even started dating, he was putting the Lord first. That's one of the things that attracted me so much to him. Simply Palisa, Raylene, thank you guys so much for jumping on. You girls are such a blessing. Hey, Sheila, Elevate Me said amen. All right, girls, thank you so much for jumping on. I keep like rambling off whenever I talk about marriage and godly, st godly dating stuff. I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> but again, please DM me any specific topics you would like us to cover. And God willing, that YouTube channel is coming this January. So tomorrow we'll be back on, God willing, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to read Proverbs chapter 8. Tika said, wise woman always looked down upon for her sexual life. Tika, um, it's so unfortunate, but you are, you're right. Like, so the same standards that people see men who are sexually active is not the same as women who are sexually active. It's so strange to me. Um, the Bible is clear though, that both parties, both genders, we should not be having sexual relations with people who we're not married to, whether you're a man or a woman. And that is equal across the board. So I just saw this um, post that this post, this uh, interview that went viral that Ti did, where he was talking about how he's making sure his daughter is a virgin, but his son started having sex at 13 or 14. He didn't mind. 
I thought that was so crazy. <laughs> I'm like, neither one should be having sexual relations until they get married, bro. Like, what, what you teaching your kids? <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know why there's that difference. And even in biblical times, if you look in the Bible, when they would find, they, they found that woman who was committing adultery with another man. Both of them were committing adultery, yet the Pharisees dragged the woman to stone her and left the man alone. And I remember when I read that story, I looked at my mom, I was like, why didn't they drag both of them? Why just the woman? <laughs> it's this weird standard that society has set, but biblically, a man should remain pure until mar marriage and a woman should remain pure until marriage. And then in the marriage bed is where sexual intimacy takes place. Hey, classy leading. Sheila said, help us, Lord. Sheila said, it's the truth though, so keep on sharing. Amen. Okay, girls, thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. Hey, Juline and Jesus willing, I'll see you in the morning for Proverbs chapter seven. Love you, or Proverbs chapter eight. Love you, girls. Bye. In this, in this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur broadcast, in this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible study, we are diving into... Mm, in this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Proverbs chapter 7.